Hey friends, John here. Before we get started with today's episode of The Bear and the Swan, I wanted to give a quick PSA slash apology for the sound quality in this episode. In the episode you're about to listen to, Sweet Bear and I talked to a very good friend of ours, Jimmy Nicholas, about the Oscars. It was our first time having someone call in to the podcast, and we experienced just a little bit of feedback. You hear some buzzing and things like that. To help with that, I highly recommend that you listen to this episode either without headphones, just over speakers, or if you're listening on headphones, if you just turn the volume down a little bit, that sort of helps minimize that feedback. I appreciate your patience. We are not professional podcasters. We are learning with you. So without further ado, thank you for your patience and enjoy this very special episode of The Bear and the Swan. Yeah, it's fine. It's good. Okay. Can I continue eating my soup while I'm not talking in this podcast? Sure. Okay. If you so desire. Alrighty. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Bear and the Swan. Sweet Bear, how are you? Terrible. Oh, yeah. Sweet Bear's sick. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she almost did not do this podcast. I feel like a truck ran over me. It's so unfair. I was simply just a mere passenger on an airplane when a nasty virus attacked. Yes. So last week we went to Las Vegas, city of Vegas. Sin. (laughs) Sin City. And uh, we were visiting a few friends out there uh, and we've gone out there a couple times. And so we were like, we're not paying like for first class on this flight. No, we are still, don't make it sound better than it is. We're still cheap. We could afford to fly, not Spirit, but we choose Spirit because when you search on Google flights, it's so tempting to just book Spirit and then you take a Spirit flight and you're like, why did I ever put myself through this? Yes, so we made the fatal error of booking Spirit and had a very sick child in front of us. Very sick, very screaming child. And like, I love babies. I'm usually like, it's so sad that they're screaming. But this child like bloody murdered screamed the entire flight. Yeah, for a three and a half hour flight to Vegas. Like really bad. Like I I, I honestly felt really bad for the mom because yeah. I'm sure I'll be in that situation someday. But everybody hated them. They were yeah. not happy. Yeah, but then you had to pay the price for it. I paid the price. I was totally fine. I was kicking it in Vegas. <laughs> totally fine. We go to sleep Full one disclosure, night. we were not kicking it <laughs> I don't in know Vegas. kicking it in Vegas. In any means. way. We were staying in the suburbs of <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> but we wo- I w- went to bed one night, happy as a clam. I woke up the next morning, dead. <laughs> right? I turned to John and I'm like, Oh my God. Like I was yeah. so bad. Yeah. It was, re- li- it was literally night and day and it was also night and day in terms ha, of ha, ha. your health. Um, but anyway, we have returned from Vegas. It's been a weird week. I'll be honest. It's always weird for me when you kind of do a weekend away and it ends up bleeding into the week. Because we're also cheap and it was President's Day weekend. So flying back on a normal, like flying back on Monday was more expensive and we have flexible schedules. So we flew back on Wednesday. We ended up flying back on Wednesday. So then it was like, gosh, by the time I woke up on Thursday, I'm like, 
it's basically the weekend. Should I even work these next two days? So the last two days for myself as an accomplishment-oriented person have felt sort of weird, but I'm just trying to relax and... And I felt like, yeah, there's things I want to get done, but I'm so sick. You know when you're sick and you like just can't really think straight? Does that just happen to me? No, I get that. I, I get that. I feel like I just can't focus. Like I'm like, okay, I need to sit down for the next however many hours and answer some emails, but I'm like, huh? I'm delirious. Yeah, the sick monster has visited us, although I have been I, quite resilient from it. It has not hit me. Yeah, I don't know how you're not sick. I have the immune system of a bison. I feel Did like Did you my... know that bison never get ill? Really? You're making no, that I up. made that Ugh. up. <laughs> I hate when you do that. I'm so gullible. That was pretty good, though. I Yeah, I feel like my immune system is usually good, but it has yeah. betrayed me. But even though it has been somewhat of a weird week, it is also one of my absolute favorite weeks of the year because, Sweet Bear, do you know why? I do, but I feel like that was misleading what you just said. Why? Because you have a one favorite evening of this week. No, 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 no. I love this week because of all... All right, now we need to. We've teased it too long. <laughs> it's the Oscars on Sunday. Well, people already know because you saw the title of this episode. Probably <laughs> the Oscars are on Sunday, and the reason why I say it is one of my favorite weeks, it is. It's because all of my movie podcasts, all of my Oscars podcasts, they're coming out with multiple episodes this week, and they're long episodes. And I'm reading articles, and I'm we're we're watching movie like last minute nominees that we yeah. haven't seen yet. <laughs> so really, it is a really really fun week, all culminating on this Sunday night for the Academy Awards, otherwise known as the Oscars. For those of you that don't know, probably when we started dating, John and I started going to see every nominated Best Picture movie. And we've done it. We were just talking about how many years in a row have we gone and seen? At, at least five that we have seen every single Best Picture nominee. But it's been probably eight years since we started getting very serious about yeah. the Oscars and actually started caring about who wins. Yeah. So it's fun because we really like feel like we have skin in the game when we watch on Sunday because we have our favorites and mm -hmm. we're rooting for people and we've seen all the Best Pictures so we know you know, every single movie and we have our opinions about it. Yeah. And so if you are not a person who is interested in the Oscars or in movies in general, I apologize. Maybe this is not the episode for you. Most of the episodes we do on the show, we try and make them pretty wide ranging and pretty just general, like anyone in any circumstance could listen to it. This is going to be a little bit more niche niche, if you will. Um, so today we are talking about the Academy Awards coming up this Sunday. We're going to talk about our predictions. We're going to talk about some snubs and surprises and the nominations. And to start us, one thing, um, <laughs> one thing that I said when Sweetbear and I were talking about what are we going to do for the Oscars is I said, well, I want to watch it with people who are serious about it because we're nerds about this stuff. Like mm -hmm. we, I actually care who wins best cinematography. Like Super Bowl, we can go to anywhere. We can have anybody over. We don't, we're not really watching. Exactly. But for the Oscars, I watch and I care about every single award. And so I said, I don't want to watch it with anyone who is not going to really care about what's going on. And so the same goes for this podcast. I don't want to talk about this with anyone who's not going to care what's going on. 
but we do have a very good friend and we're going to have a guest on today's podcast, someone who knows a lot about this stuff as well, cares a lot about this stuff, and we're going to give him a call right now. I'm ready. All right, everyone, on the line, we have our good friend, James D. Nicholas. Jimmy, say hello to everyone and give us a little blurb about who you are. Um, well, first off, what's my animal? I'm on the bear and the swan. I feel like I deserve an animal. I don't even need to give a blurb about myself. I just think I deserve an animal. Ooh, okay, Jimmy, the monkey. I was thinking about this, like, what what animal goes with his personality? And I was like, ooh, maybe monkey, maybe wolf. Mandrel. Uh, like a, yeah, yeah. What was your animal for animal projects in college? Uh, my animal for animal projects was a sloth. You were sloth. a sloth. Yes, Hoffman's right. two-toed sloth. You are not a sloth. No, it's the well, opposite. You were supposed to choose, yeah. You're supposed oh. to choose an animal that's opposite of you. Yeah. Okay. Where, where Jimmy and I went to school in freshman acting, what we had to do was we had to choose an animal to embody and then create a character out of that animal. Uh, so we're going to call you the sloth then. Oh, fantastic. That's great. So welcome to the first ever episode of the bear, the swan, and the sloth. <laughs> um, the first of many. I'm honored. Oh, for sure. I'm honored. For uh, sure. I'll be quick, unlike the sloth, in, in giving a blurb about myself. I'm uh, Aaron and John's friend, and that's, uh, that's that. <laughs> Jimmy also hosts a podcast called yes, Everything But The Kitchen Sink. Yes. Uh, and if you, if you enjoy this type of stuff, what we're talking about today, like the Oscars, all that stuff, you are going to enjoy Everything But The Kitchen Sink, and you should subscribe to it. Yes, and this will also be. All a, right. We'll, we'll put this up on our, our feed as well. So uh, if you start listening and you're like, "I've heard this before," you have. It's on both feeds. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect. So today, I already explained to both of you, but I'll explain to the audience as well. We're talking about the Oscars, but we also know that everyone is not as into this award show as we are. Not everyone cares as much as we do. But there will be, you know, anywhere between 25 and 35 million people watching this show. And if you are one of those millions of people, we thought at least we would have a conversation around what most people would consider to be the big six awards. That is Best Supporting Actor, Best Supporting Actress, Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Director, and then, of course, Best Picture. Those are sort of the big awards, and we're going to have a discussion over those nominees. So I want to start with Best Supporting Actor. Uh, I'll remind you all, I'll remind you both of the nominees in case you forgot. The nominees are Mahershala Ali for Green Book, Adam Driver for Black Klansman, Sam Elliott, A Star is Born, Richard E. Grant, Can You Ever Forgive Me, Sam Rockwell, Vice. Uh, Jimmy, I'll start with you. Are there any names in this category that you are surprised are there or you're surprised are not there. Any snubs or surprises? Yeah, you know, I think it was interesting. Uh, Sam Elliott was an interesting one because when the season started, a lot of people looked at those two scenes he had in that movie, the pulling out of the driveway and uh, and really the, the scene where he's talking about the notes on the scale at the end of the movie with Gaga uh, as two scenes that were so Oscar moment performance scenes um and obviously he also has the fight with bradley cooper and so then he wasn't nominated at a bunch of different awards shows uh the globes different ones like that so people were like okay maybe this isn't going to happen and it just ended up being like the momentum wasn't there so it was kind of surprising that he ended up in the category i think a lot of people love that performance sam elliott is also like a darling of of the 
Academy and of actors in general. So um, it was kind of cool that he got nominated. Um, but it was it's kind of funny how the pendulum swings where at the beginning of the season you can be the favorite and then by the end of the season it can be a surprise that you're even nominated I think the biggest surprise was Chalamet uh Timothy Chalamet was uh for Beautiful Boy was considered a lock and he had been nominated at everything and then didn't get nominated here um did either of you see Beautiful Boy we haven't. We have not. Yeah, it's a pretty... Did you? Uh, I haven't. I've seen about... Uh, oh, wow. Here we go. I've seen about 10 minutes of it illegally uh, illegally streamed. But technically, I... Jimmy, don't admit it. No, it's good. I get street. I get, um, I get screeners. So my screener was just late. So uh, because I'm a member of the SAG voting body, I got a screener for it. But it hadn't come in the mail yet, so I streamed it until I, uh, I got it. I still haven't received that screener, so... Don't I, you have Amazon Prime? Um, it Was it on Amazon Prime, too? Yeah, I don't check because it's an Amazon movie. Yeah, right? it's an Amazon movie. I really only wanted to watch his scenes, and it's a very Oscar uh, bait performance. So I kind of skipped right. through it. Uh, but yeah, I was kind of surprised. Michael B. Jordan also. Um, I thought he might get nominated in one of the categories, um, but it didn't happen. Although what's kind of crazy in this category right now is that uh, with all of these anonymous ballots that just got posted, uh, Richard E. Grant is getting a ton of love. We just talked about this on our podcast yesterday. He has nine votes on the honest ballot so far, compared with three for Mahershala, which in Vegas, uh, because they do put up odds for these in Vegas, which is a good way to kind of see how the nominations might go for your Oscar pools. Uh, right now, Mahershala is a minus 2,000 favorite, which means he's a huge, huge favorite. And yet all yeah. of these honest ballots are saying that people really love Richard E. Grant. He's campaigning really hard. Everyone loves him. He posted a video at his original house as an actor that he was in in L.A., kind of showing his journey. It's a cool story. So I think he could pull it out, which would be a surprise. That would be a big shock. I feel like Mahershala, everybody's like already giving it to him, which I thought he was amazing. Yeah. I think a lot of people, the idea of giving it to someone like Richard E. Grant or Sam Elliott, who have been around for so long and been doing really good work in a ton of films for so long, I think people sort of like the idea, and we'll get to this, especially when we get to the lead actress category, but it's almost like a lifetime achievement Oscar but in a category, almost. Um, I think it's still probably Mahershala's... Uh, I think he probably has it locked up, which will make it the sec. Correct me if I'm wrong, you guys, the second time in three years he's won this award. Yeah. It's very funny. We'll see if, if there's fatigue on that. It's kind of funny, too, because I talk about Moonlight, where he's on screen for, like, eight minutes to a movie where he's de definitely the lead of this movie. Like, he's co-lead, and yet oh, he's in supporting. So it's kind of funny. Two opposite performances. I don't know. I'm interested to hear what you guys think of the career Oscar, because one of the themes that I've had the last few years in the Oscars is that it seems like it's almost so much more, and I bet it always has been this way. I'm just more hyper-aware of it now is that it's like it's almost not for the performance of the film it's for the optics of something or for your career or all these different things um, when you get the award it's like you know people saying like Richard E. Grant deserves an award or, or Glenn Close deserves mm -hmm. an award or when Jeff Bridges in Crazy Heart I remember everyone was like Jeff Bridges deserves an award and uh, an Oscar and uh, I don't know how I feel about that because on the one side if I was in their shoes I'm sure I'd be like yes I do deserve of this um but i like i like when it's a little bit more um just about honoring the performance in the film um so it's i'm, I'm torn i'm torn on that i'm curious your guys' thoughts yeah i actually like hate 
the whole like lifetime achievement award because I feel like if you're that good of an actor or an actress, it's going to happen eventually. You know what I mean? And I understand that people get snubbed, but I think then you get like we, me and John, I don't know how you feel about this, Jimmy, felt that like Leonardo DiCaprio, his Oscar wasn't The Revenant. Like it should have been... Way before that. Way before then. And we felt like The Revenant, it was kind of like, oh, well, it was a very Oscar movie and he deserves an award, so here you go. You know? Um, But yeah, I I just don't like it because I really wish it was just about the performance in the movie. And I wish that, like, not only your career, but the politics of it, the campaigning of it, none of it mattered. It was just the performance in the movie, which also means, like, a random no-name could win it. Like, I would love that, mm-hmm. you know? I think the Oscars are in debt to a lot of people, mm, you know? I think there are a lot it. of directors, like like Spike Lee, for example. The Oscars are in debt to Spike Lee because he should have, certainly should have been nominated many times before and should have won probably, you know, several times before. And because of that, I, I think he's definitely deserving for a movie like Black Klansman, but I think there's more buzz around him than there would have been for it. And and the problem is, is we are going to see a lot of these, you know, career Oscars because oftentimes they're paying back for a mistake they made 15 years ago when that person gave a deserving performance, but they didn't give it to them. So now it's like they have all this debt collected with all of these artists and all of these actors and directors that they're just paying back year after year, but they're only accumulating more debt because they're passing over people who were actually deserving in that year. Yeah, I mean, what's to stop them from being like, okay, we're going to give out two awards, two uh, lifetime honorary Oscars that are to people who haven't won before, one in front of the camera, one behind it, whether that's cinematography or directing or writing, and then we get two more great speeches, and everyone loves a good montage. We get a six-minute Glenn Close montage and speech. That sounds great. That sounds great. I also would like to comment on that Leo thing. I think Leo was just playing chicken with the Oscars that year. I literally think he was like, if you don't give it to me, I won't put on a coat, and I'll just stay out here. And then he was like, if you don't give it to me, I'm gonna eat this raw bison liver. And then he was like, if you don't give it to me, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna stay out here forever and pour cold water. I'm gonna water stay in this my, horse forever. I'm just gonna get. They were like, it was just calling the academy, and he was like, I'm gonna get hypothermia out here if you don't give me this. He's just really trying to kill himself for it, you know. So props really to was. him. Really incredible. I mean, I think boundaries. Leo deserves an Oscar. Don't get me wrong. I just don't know if it was for that performance. Yes. Now, the person who deserves an Oscar this year for supporting actor, Sweet Bear? Mahershala. Mahershala is your pick and who you think is going to win? Yes. It's a rare one in the same. I said to John, I feel like Mahershala is a gift to our generation. He really is. I just, I love him so much. Side note, we're watching True Detective season three and he is absolutely incredible in it. Yeah, True Detective Season 3, it's a good watch. Uh, James, who is your pick? What's your prediction? I also would like to say, Mahershala knows how to do popcorn movies, right, too, because he's an Alita battle angel. He gets it. He just gets me. He can do, he can do Green Book mm. and Moonlight, and then he can be a weird 
I don't know what in uh, Alita. It's great. Cyborg. Cyborg. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I think I'm gonna let's get crazy. I'm gonna go with um, Richard Grant. I picked in my picks. I picked Mahershala on my podcast, so I'm gonna go with Richard Grant because uh, I think Can You Ever Forgive Me has a lot of support here. But my my want is Adam Driver. I think Adam Driver is the best uh, in this category. Um, and uh, I think he was really, really tremendous this year. And uh, yeah, yeah, he was uh, great. I'm I'm gonna go with my prediction as I think Mahershala is gonna is gonna take this one. Um, my pick is probably Hugh Grant and Paddington too, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, fresh off his Sinkies victory last night on the recording, um, a landslide for Hugh Grant and Paddington too. Uh, listen to my podcast; Good. you'll know the Sinkies. We have two of the voting body here. He deserves <laughs> it. He deserves it. All right, then. Moving on to the supporting actress category, the nominees are Amy Adams, Vice, Marina De Tavira, Roma, Regina King, If Beale Street Could Talk, Emma Stone, The Favorite, Rachel Weisz, The Favorite. Sweet Bear, I want to go to you first on this one. Um, any surprises here? Any names that you would have liked to see that aren't? Any snubs? Anything? Well, first of all, I haven't seen If Beale Street Could Talk. And was there another one that we haven't seen? No, we've seen the others in this okay. category. Um, I think the Roma nomination is a little surprising for her. I just, I felt like she wasn't in enough of the movie to like warrant that. I'm sure people disagree, but I just felt like it was, I don't know. It wasn't anything to write home about. Um, but we just watched the favorite this week and holy smokes, Emma Stone and Rachel Weiss. Like I was expecting to be like, rolling my eyes at that because it's like a typical, you know, Oscar movie where it feels very uppity and like, we know they're good already, but whoa, they blew me away. Yeah. They were fan- They were both fantastic in that movie for completely different reasons. Yes. You know, even very- you said like, John's like, I don't like Emma Stone most of the time, what? but you really were impressed. I don't, I don't <laughs> think offended. Emma Stone, I don't think Emma Stone is like this, uh, incredible incredible actress i find her very charming but you think she should have stayed in the easy a realm this is in this movie i'm like no she's she's legit she is is so so good this is why we can't have nice things then you're gonna throw shade at emma stone the sweet the wonderful the perfect she's perfect i'm throwing absolute love at her for for this performance in fact i think she should be nominated for best actress not best supporting actress no yeah can we talk about how olivia coleman was not the lead actress in that movie at all uh, like what the heck? Yeah. yeah. She, they, well, yeah. First of all, no, John, you're not throwing absolute love at Emma Stone. I am because Emma, I want to marry you. Come, come <laughs> want, you know, my address, you'll find it. Just call my manager. Okay. Find <laughs> Does it. Does she know it? I love you. John is married. Okay. He's lying to you. He doesn't have absolute love. I do. Okay. We're going to be best friends. Okay. I'm sorry. I had to get that. So I'm assuming way. she's your pick in this category uh, then. No, I, I, listen, I don't use bias. I don't Ooh. use nepotism for my future wife. Okay. Um, Jennifer Lawrence, I'm also down to marry you. I have absolutely... This is his PSAs for all... All, all of Jimmy's celebrity crushes. All the start, it girls we'll in Hollywood. The, we'll start with the A's, okay? Amy Adams, and we'll go to Z. Um, no. Uh, 
<laughs> a lot of my loves in this category. Um, yes, you're right. So this is the fraud. The fraud of this category is the two <laughs> the two women that were like, we'll campaign for supporting actress are both lead actors actresses in this movie. Mm-hmm. And the one who was like, I'm going to go for lead actress is really a supporting and would win. If Olivia Coleman was in supporting actress, it's pretty understood that like she would win this. Uh, it's yes. a showy yes. performance. It's great. I could say some of the lines because they make me really happy, but I don't think uh, your viewership would enjoy that. It's a little mature. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the the I think that Regina King, she has about eight minutes in that movie, um, similar to Brian Tyree Henry in that movie. She makes the most out of her time in that movie. Really strong, strong scenes. It's a very showy Oscar moment. And people love Regina King. She's an, she's an awards darling. Yeah. We love hearing her. We, we love it, love it, love it. Uh, so I think it's... Uh, it's her or Rachel Weisz won the BAFTA, which it's, it's also, generally speaking, if you don't get nominated for SAG or BAFTA like Regina King didn't, statistically speaking, that would say that Regina King would lose, even though she's the odds-on favorite right now. So that would mean that Rachel Weisz or Amy Adams could sneak in um, statistically. Uh, as far as what I want, I think that Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz are, are uh, probably my two favorites in this category. Um, I think Marina de Tavira is more of a, the nomination is a win. And, um, but it's sad to me because the real winner of this category is Olivia Coleman and she's not here. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. She's not even in it. Um, I, I hear the same things about Regina King. I, everyone, I haven't seen Beale street, but everyone who does see it, they, they say she is what you walk away from the film remembering in a lot of ways. Um, and I don't think we should underestimate, the power of a good speech giver. Uh, and she is fantastic, uh, as, as is Mahershala Ali, both very, very charming and, and just give great speeches, both of them. And the Academy likes that. They like people who are going to give very fun, but also thoughtful speeches, and both of them do that very, very well. So I'll kick us off with our picks and predictions. I, I think my pick in this category is Rachel Weisz. Um, with Emma Stone being a close second. However, I have not seen Regina King, uh, but she would be my prediction. So I pick Rachel Weisz and my prediction, Regina King. Sweet Bear? My pick is Emma Stone. All right. Got the favorite covered. My prediction is the same as you, Regina King. James? Well, I want to get. I don't want us to go chalk. I don't chalk meaning favorites across the board. So I'll go ahead and pick Rachel Weiss to win it. Uh, I'll take. I'll just be picking underdogs so that when I get right one right, I can say that I called it all and it, I'm amazing. It's a very Jimmy strategy uh, right there. It's Jimmy's well, hedging. Right I just now. want you to know that yeah, none of these picks are on my actual picks, so I get to get wild on this podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just want to throw out uh, four names of non nominees. Uh, who I would please. Who I would want to win would be um, Kiersey Clem in Hearts Beat Loud. She's really phenomenal in that movie uh, with Nick Offerman. Um, uh, I'm going to butcher her name. I want to say it's Denai Guerra. Uh, so bad. Uh, from Black Panther. I think she's really, really good in that movie. She plays the leader of the guard. Um, Cynthia, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cynthia Revo in Bad Times at the El Royale is a really, really special performance vocally. And uh, it was her debut in movies. She's a Broadway phenom. She won a Tony two years ago. And she's phenomenal in that movie. So I just want to shout out those three. They're, none of them are nominated, but um, all three gave really good supporting performances this year. Yes, yes, to several uh, 
somewhat unknown people, which is... Yeah. Really, unfortunately, the Oscars don't like those people always. Yeah, all three of them, though, big things are ahead for all of them. Kiersey Clemens just played, uh, she played Joanne. Joanne, is it Joanne or Joanna in Rent Live? What a train Joanne. wreck. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> we missed it. Unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, we missed it. All right, I want to move on to actually, I want to go to lead actress because I feel like there's going to be a larger conversation and debate over this lead actor. So let's go to lead actress. Uh, the nominees are Yelitsa Aparicio for Roma, Glenn Close for The Wife, Olivia Coleman, The Favorite, Lady Gaga, A Star is Born, Melissa McCarthy, Can You Ever Forgive Me? So this is a category where I regret to say there are two nominees that I have not seen. Have not seen Can You Ever Forgive Me? Have not seen The Wife. I have not, although I feel like I've seen The Wife. You and the rest of America haven't seen The Wife. (laughs) I feel I feel like I've seen the wife based on how many conversations I have listened to about the wife and about Glenn Close. If you don't follow the Oscars and if you don't follow the news leading up to it and all the award shows leading up to it, a lot of people believe this is Glenn Close's award as this lifetime achievement Oscar that we've been talking about. Not necessarily because she deserves it because of her singular performance in The Wife, but because Glenn Close holds the record for most nominations without a win in a performance category. And so people feel that Glenn Close is owed. She's doing everything right in terms of giving amazing speeches at every award show. She's going to every event. She's shaking hands. She's charming. She joined Instagram. Like she's, she's doing everything right to, to win, to win this award. Um, but James, I'm interested uh, in your thoughts on this category. Any snubs here? Any surprises here? Talk to me. Uh, well, basically all the numbers and, and the pundits and all that stuff will tell you that this is Glenn Close's like locked up. Uh, I think there's 33 experts on Gold Derby, which is the main like prediction website, and all 33 have her right now. Uh, however, it is the sort of thing where there's a groan with it. There's a groan accompanied with it. People are excited for Glenn Close, but no one's excited. Oh, hey, what's up, motorcycle? <laughs> Uh, no one's excited for this movie, and um, it, it's just a little similar to the Julianne Moore Still Alice discussion a couple years ago. I think that was two years ago, mm-hmm. uh, of the fact that no one really cared about Still Alice, but the performance was so special. And this one even more so because Glenn Close is so uh, due. Uh, so you could see some fatigue creep in where people are like, you know what? I don't really want to go. I don't really want to vote for this movie and vote for Olivia Coleman, which is really the only person who could take it from her. Uh, um, or if if the love for Roma is just so overwhelming that like everyone wants to go down the ballot and check Roma, which we've seen in certain movies, then Yulitsa could absolutely shock the world uh, because that movie is clearly the most loved movie this year. Um, but uh, I think right now it's it's pretty locked up for Glenn Close, uh, even though there's some groaning accompanied with it. Sweet Bear, do you want to talk about this? I'm just so offended, Jimmy, that you didn't even say Gaga's name. Well, uh, let's talk about that for a second, and then I'll pass to you. So Star is Born. 
we all love Star is Born. Star is Born is probably the movie, I can speak for most of the people listening, I feel like where of the movies, it's probably Star is Born and Black Panther were seen by the most people. And people love yeah. Star is Born. I mean, there was a time when we were at the end of that weekend when everyone was saying, I think they could sweep all five. They could sweep director, picture, actor, actress, and supporting actor, or writing even. They could have swept it. That's mm-hmm. what the love for that movie. But these honest ballots that are coming out, Star is Born is nowhere to be found. People within the industry don't like anointing someone. It takes time, and no one wants to anoint Bradley Cooper as, like, this incredible filmmaker. Some of it's kind of, th- like, thumbing your nose at it. Um, but it, it's it's also, for some reason, I think, even if Gaga, she's great in that movie. She's fantastic. Uh, she's electric. But uh, I think there is something to the fact that she's running into the steel hammer that is Glenn Close being due which is what we talked about earlier. It's like it's not even fair because it's like her whole career is up against Gaga's 45 minutes of screen time. You know, it's that's tough. Like, how are you supposed to beat that? Glenn Close was in Hook. I mean, come on. <laughs> you got to give her some love. I feel not like... The bugs, not the bugs. From Hook. Right? <laughs> oh, gosh. I feel like A Star is Born this season just emulates what is so frustrating to me about the Oscars is that like, to me, I feel like it's clearly such a favorite among people. I personally, it was my favorite movie of the year. I thought I wanted to win all top five awards. Like I feel like a hundred percent I'm like behind that. And I just think because of politics, because of Gaga and Bradley Cooper and they didn't campaign right and they didn't do this right. And, and Glenn Close is due. It's like, they're not going to get what they deserve. And it really just makes me mad. And I feel like usually every year my favorite doesn't win. But I thought particularly this was a really weak year in my opinion. And A Star is Born was like the only movie I was like excited about. And it's probably going to walk away with nothing. And I think the only reason of that is like politics. Yeah, maybe. but Which makes me frustrated. Maybe, but the critics, you know, have you, you know, the critics... The Oscars do a good job, really, overall, of being about 50% critics and and what their strong opinions are and 50% of the people because the voting body does, you know, a lot of the voting bodies just like us. They're everyday people enjoying movies, and that's why Black Panther is going to get a ton of of, uh, best picture picks. It will, you know. And so they try to bring people together because the critics watch movies differently than we do. They watch Roma differently than we watch Roma, and that has to be respected because they understand the craft. It's like when artists are critiquing art, we have to look at that and say, okay, well, what is this person is an artist? They paint. What do they think of this painting? But the other side of it is what do I, as a non-painter, feel about this painting? I like this painting. Can't I just like this movie? I can just like A Star is Born? And I think one of the things that we as the as not movie critics have to say is even if, you know, I make movies, we all have, uh, you know, John and Aaron, you both are creatives in your own way, uh, is, is we have to be excited about the nominations that A Star is Born has gotten. And maybe it will pull out Best Picture. I don't think that out of the realm of, you know, if it was a hundred times, I think it could happen once or twice, Um, you know, but the Oscars are where we all come together because it's not the Critics' Choice Awards. It's not just the critics. It's it's everyone in the voting body. It's tough because we have to swallow the pill of, like, if we didn't like Shape of Water, we're like, oh, the critics loved the one about fish sex. Like, you know, (laughs) it's tough. It's tough. But, you know, the nice thing is that we do get the Black Panther getting nominated. We get Get Out winning Best Screenplay. That's awesome. You know, that's what we wanted. And so it's just 
just a matter of, like everything in life, compromise. And it's tough compromise because we look at this and say, gaga, gaga, gaga. Um, but we just have to get excited that they're going to win best song and they're going to get up there and slay it. And guess what? In 50 years, we're still going to be watching A Star is Born and we're not going to be watching The Wife. So that's fine. And in 50 years... Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga will be receiving their retribution Oscars. Preach, preach, <laughs> preach. Uh, so, so, Sweet Bear, we know your pick. Gaga, Gaga. Who, Gaga, do, you pre- Gaga. who do you predict? Gaga. Great. I'm only Love saying it. it because I wish it, and I know uh, it's not going to happen. Jimmy, your pick? I'll go with Glenn Close. And All right. uh, if I could, if I, if I went with someone that I wanted to win, um, I would probably go with uh, Emily Blunt in A Quiet Place because she should have been nominated in lead and she's incredible. So good. So good. Um, I, I'm going to predict Glenn Close, uh, but I'm going to go a little off the rails here. And I am going to say I would give a communal Oscar to the three women of the favorite for best actress. Yeah, I like it. Would they do that? <laughs> I think they It's like a Billy Elliot Tony. We make our own yeah. rules here. All right, so lead actor, we have... Christian Bale, Vice, Bradley Cooper, A Star is Born, Willem Dafoe, At Eternity's Gate, Rami Malek, Bohemian Rhapsody, Viggo Mortensen, Green Book. It should be said, I have not seen Eternity's Gate. No one has seen At Eternity's (laughs) Gate. I don't think Willem Dafoe went to see At Eternity's Gate, but he is nominated for Best Lead Actor. Good for him. He's not going to win, I don't think. Um, From what I hear, this is a race... As Rami, much as it pains that you. Rami Malek probably has already won. Am I right, you guys? Am I wrong? Unfortunately, I think you're right, and it breaks my little heart. Uh, it's definitely not a done deal. This is probably, it, it's pretty much a done deal, I'd say, but I'd say there's about a 10% chance that it goes to someone else. So I would say it's about hmm, second in line of the done deals. I think Glenn Close is a little bit more of a lock. But uh, if it's not Remy, it, uh, Christian Bale... Has has obviously had support in some different. Um, he won the SAG, I believe, and he won the gold, the Globe. Uh, and uh, mm-hmm. like we said, you know, speeches are important. And if there is a strong contingent of people who are determined to get Bradley Cooper up on a mic, uh, this would be it because he wouldn't get to accept song. He would get to accept this, obviously. And right. uh, a lot of people were pretty upset that he got snubbed in director. So this could also be me being one of them. It could, yeah, it could be retribution for that, similar to when Ben Affleck got up for Argo and. They won Best Picture, and he was able to get to the mic even though he wasn't even nominated for director that year. Yeah. I have gone back and forth in my pick on this category. I saw A Star is Born, was blown away by Bradley Cooper. Then I saw Vice and was like, Christian Bale is the greatest actor we have. And then I sort of rewatched portions of A Star is Born. I'm like, no, Bradley Cooper is ridiculously good in and this movie. And then you saw Bohemian Rhapsody, and you thought... Look at his teeth. Um, <laughs> Look at those big teeth. That's all I. That's all I thought. So my my pick, who I want to win in this category, is Bradley Cooper, uh, who I think is going to win. It hurts my soul to say Rami Malek. We will regret it. Uh, Jimmy, your pick, your prediction. Yeah, I mean, he lip synced the whole thing, which is like once you kind of understand that, you're like, ah, like he's doing really great, but. Um, I, and also just all the things around that movie. I like that movie a lot. I just don't understand uh, him being him winning. Uh, yeah, he's gonna win though. I predict that. And uh, if I had a pick, I'd go with uh, I'd go with Cooper. But dang, is Bale really really good in Vice? <laughs> oh man. My pick is Bradley Cooper, and my prediction is 
Christian Bale. I can't say Rami Malek. I all can't right. say it. Wow. All right. I like all it. Right. I like it's a good it. Pick, all it's a good pick. right. Best director. The nominees are Spike Lee for Black Klansman, Paul Palakowski for Cold War, Yorgos Lanthimos for The Favorite, Alfonso Cuaron, Roma, and Adam McKay for Vice. Have not seen Cold War. This is a foreign film, a Polish film. Um, we have two foreign film nominees in the Best Director category. I don't know if that has ever happened before. Um, but for those of you who don't follow this, uh, this award is thought to be locked up by Alfonso Cuaron for Roma. Um, if there is a surprise, I don't even necessarily know who it would be. Jimmy, it'd be Spike Lee. It'd be Spike Lee to get him up to the mic, and he's he's been he should have won a lot of awards for uh, do the right thing, and he didn't. And uh, so if if people are really on the give Spike Lee his uh, his due, and this movie's great, but Black Klansman's really really good. So it's yeah, you know, it was it so good. good. So it would be absolutely shocking, but that would be the person. Yeah, this is a year where there are several nominees that I was really like almost blown away by in terms and one, two nominee, two people who were not nominated in Bradley Cooper and Ryan Coogler that I was just blown away by the director crop that we had to choose from. Um, Adam McKay, I think is, yeah. is like an unbelievable filmmaker Agreed. and has such a unique style. And then honestly, my pick who I would want to win in this category is Yorgos Lanthimos. I thought the favorite was beautifully directed, unbelievably shot, just like a masterfully crafted film in so many ways. So Yorgos is my, who I want to win. Uh, I think Alfonso Cuaron is taking it. Sweet bear. Uh, Alfonso is going to take it, which I think is unfortunate. And my pick would be Greta Gerwig for um, Lady Bird. <laughs> the what? Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird. Oh, okay. Okay, good. They're going to they're going to correct their mistake, I'm hoping. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. Uh it's going to be Alfonso Cuarón. Uh I'll go with uh I I mean <laughs> I'll go with um Oof, this is tough. I'll, I'll, I kind of wish Ryan Coogler would win um because I just I'm in awe of what he does. And his career, his choices, all of it. I mean, he took he took a Marvel movie and heightened it, like truly heightened it. Yeah, like a, a one of the most like overdone right now popular IPs in the world, and he made it. He just heightened it to a degree that I didn't think was possible. Really so. put his fingerprints on it. Excellent filmmaking. Yeah, so good. All right. Yeah, Greta was great. Yeah. She's really representing the female. <laughs> Much love for Greta Gerwig on this podcast. All right, we're at the big one. Best Picture. The nominees are Black Panther, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, Roma, A Star is Born, and Vice. I want to go through and we can each give, if we want to, one film that we wish was here that is not. I'm going to go with Minding the Gap, which is nominated for Best Documentary Feature. I don't even know if it would be eligible for Best Picture, but that was my favorite movie this year. Mine would be Eighth Grade. Eighth Grade. 
Jimmy? I only get one? I got a million. I mean, <laughs> I figured you would. Borg versus McEnroe, hearts beat loud, won't you be my neighbor, stummed and stummed, like, won't you be my neighbor is incredible, and that didn't even get nominated for documentary. I think yes. Deadpool 2 is one of the funniest sequels I've ever seen. Um, uh, and then, I mean, A Quiet Place. I also loved Game Night. Can we recognize a comedy? I think A Quiet Place is the easy answer. A Quiet Place is so, so, yeah. so good. Yeah. That would have been really fun to see it in this category. Um, right now, it seems as though Roma is the favorite. Uh, the favorite is not the favorite. Um, I feel like, though, this could be one that shocks us. Yeah. Yeah. If it's not Roma... What I'm hearing is it's either it would either be Green Book or Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, if Bohemian Rhapsody wins, I'm boycotting the Oscars next year. It, it won't <laughs> Jimmy, be Bohemian. your thoughts. It won't be Bohemian. Uh, the the basically um, Roma is going to end up with at least 35 percent of. It's a preferential ballot, so um, basically, long story short, um, if um, you, you you keep taking away ballots essentially until you get to one movie having 51% of the ballots because instead of just picking one in this category, you rank them. You rank them one, two, what is it, eight or nine. Um, and uh, so Roma is going to have a lot of first place votes and then uh, we'll, we'll see. if it, The question is, is Roma going to be second on enough of the ballots that are for the movies that don't get a lot of first place votes so that it become, takes first place? Um, I think it's Roma. Because the argument, Jimmy, correct me if I'm wrong, I- is that the best picture is actually the least hated movie. Yeah, I mean... Or, like, the least divisive movie. Like, that's what this voting system basically ends up doing. Yeah, not the least hated, because, like, that would mean, you know, there could be some of these movies that end up third on every ballot and don't get any first-place votes. It has to be not polarizing. It has to be similar. But, I mean, really the question is, if you don't think Roma's the best movie of the year, do you think it's the second-best movie of the year if your favorite movie is Vice or if your favorite movie is Bohemian Rhapsody? Because those are the ones that will probably get dropped off first. Uh, And Hmm. um, I I think Roma's going to win it, mainly because... Green Book, which probably has the best chance at beating it, has a lot of controversy surrounding it, especially with the screenwriter, mm-hmm. with some of the stuff that he said, and really problematic, um, in, and I hate that word, but uh, so really it doesn't have a competitor. I'd love to see a crazy, crazy world where Black Panther wins this or Star is Born somehow. Um, and I don't mm-hmm. think it's outside the realm of possibility, but I think you're looking I at... I would be thrilled if either of those happened. It could. I mean, it's it's it's... Roma's, let's think, no one, foreign language films do not win Best Picture. Foreign language films that are slow, that, uh, I mean. So slow. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's like, it is a critic's darling, you know. And like I said, the Best Picture especially is about bringing people together. And, you know, Black Panther is a movie that, like, critics and people love. So uh, you could see it come out. I think it's probably an 85% chance Roma, so I'm picking Roma, but obviously not the one, um that I would want to win right now, but it's an excellent yeah, film. I, no doubt. If I'm, if I'm the Oscars from like a broadcast standpoint, I'm pulling for a film like a star is born or black Panther to win because their ratings have been consistently down and more and more down. 
Whereas yeah. if I'm a person who stopped watching the Oscars two years ago, but then all of a sudden I hear the next day that Black Panther won Best exactly, Picture, exactly. you better believe I'm going to I'm gonna watch next year when like Star Wars Episode Nine is nominated because now I believe it actually has a chance. Yeah. And so I think it would be really smart of the Oscars. I know the voting body isn't necessarily the same people putting on the broadcast and caring about the ratings, but Black Panther is out of this crop. Black Panther is my pick, what I want to win, um, but I think Roma is going to. Air? Yeah, unfortunately, I think the naked martial arts movie Roma is going to win, <laughs> and um, I want it to be a star is born. <laughs> I play the naked martial arts boy tomorrow night in a sketch, except I'm wearing underwear. So. Uh, oh my gosh, that part, I was night. like, seriously? Could we not have had him in underwear? Like, I just don't understand. <laughs> oh, no. We love a good, we love a nude <laughs> moment, okay? No one does. No one does. Okay, sex ed teacher might disagree with you. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to pick Roma to win, and, I mean, the best movie of the year was A Star is Born. It's fantastic. It, it's, it should win, but it's not going to. Yeah. I want it to. Also, don't sleep on Clay. I can't believe we agree on that. Yeah, I mean, it's fantastic. It's it's it's. I mean, it's also. I'm so happy. In a real moment, I think it's good on this podcast to do. Uh, my my dad really struggled with alcoholism for a long, long time, and uh, movies that get it right. You know, when you look at like a movie like Flight mm-hmm. with Denzel, um, just get kind of what living with someone who's an alcoholic is like, and how you just live with it. Um, I mean, it's like a cringeworthy, there's a lot of cringeworthy moments. I'll never be able to watch the second half of A Star is Born again just because I can't like stomach it. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, movies that get that right um, while also lifting you up and uh, showing you the beauty of music and uh, and love and all those things are movies that are worth are worth celebrating, I think. Yeah, that's that's well said. I think at the end of the day, one of the reasons that all three of us care about this so much is because the Oscars tells uh, tell us for better or for worse, what movies quote unquote matter. Um, and oftentimes we can point to our society as a reflection of what is happening in film and vice versa. And a lot of these movies, I would argue every movie on this list that's nominated for one reason or another means something to people it gave people a certain experience. It, it brought to mind their childhood or it brought to mind a struggle of someone in their family or whatever it was. Um, and film has the power to do that. It has the power to be nostalgic. It has the power to change our minds. Uh, and so that's, that's why I think all of us love this so much and why we would spend an hour talking about it. But James, I appreciate you giving us some of your time to talk about it, giving us some of your expertise and some of your hot takes we will be texting you all throughout the broadcast. We could do this all day. Let, let's do another one. You guys go. You got things to do. <laughs> well, and I will say, if you guys liked this episode and want an even more in-depth take on Jimmy's yes. opinions, go listen to his because I feel like they go way more in-depth than we just I'm did. I'm sure him <laughs> and Kyle went deep. Yeah. Aaron, we got to get you on the pod. We got to get you on the pod. Now you are on the oh, pod. Oh, I don't now know. I'd be nervous. Crossover. Never. We could talk about anything. Um, but I, I love you both. And uh, we're less than three weeks away, right? Three weeks, 18 days, Ooh-hoo. something like that. Exciting. Yes, we are going on. Jimmy is speaking of our vacation together. We are very excited. And uh, we'll see you then. Okay, bye, guys. Love you both. Thanks, James. Bye. Love you, too. Bye.
All right, friends, thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Bear and the Swan. Thank you to Jimmy for joining us. If you are not subscribed to everything but the kitchen sink yet, please go and do that now. It's a great podcast. It is a great listen, uh, especially if you are interested in the content of this episode. Big thanks to Sweet Bear. Unfortunately, we cannot do our Say Something Nice because she had to run as soon as we hung up the phone because she's going to hang out with a few friends tonight. But that doesn't mean that I can't say something nice to all of you. Uh, The feedback from the listeners to this show has been so encouraging, and you all are one of the most understanding and compassionate and excited audiences that I have ever had the privilege of bringing content to. So I am very, very grateful for each and every one of you who give time each week to listen, uh, who follow us on Instagram and comment your thoughts on the episode or DM us. It really, it it gives me so much joy every single time. Uh, And if you're not subscribed yet, please do. You can subscribe uh, across any of the podcasting platforms that are out there. Please leave a review, a five-star review. That helps us a lot. And yeah, we'll hopefully see you next week where we'll talk about the broadcast. And if you're watching the Oscars on Sunday night, tweet at me, shout me out on Instagram can't wait to hear what you thought. All right. We love you all. Keep being awesome and say something nice.